Welcome to Brothers Red, the unique LFC fan podcast brought to you by Five Brothers. Liverpool have beaten West Ham 1-0 at Anfield on the weekend to maintain a run of seven consecutive Premier League victories. That's 12 wins now in all competitions, but Liverpool remain six points behind Manchester City, who beat Man United yesterday and uh, have played a game more than us. I'm joined by a full complement of brothers uh, this evening. Good evening to Matt, Fran, Paddy and Andy. How are you doing, guys? All good. Good, James. Thanks. Yeah, good. Well, well good. I, I, I know why you're feeling good, because Liverpool have won another game. And Matt, it, it was, um, seems like we say this every podcast now, just one of those games where it wasn't a perfect performance. We rode our luck at times. I think on the balance of play, we deserve to win. But uh, on the other hand, you wouldn't have surprised you at all if West Ham had scored. There's some great chances which they spurned. And we just did enough to get over the line. And ultimately, that's all that counts at the moment, just getting those three points and keeping the pressure on City. Spot on, isn't it? It's all about three points, which is key, really. Um, and obviously, with, with City winning on, on Sunday as well, which you'd ex- expect them to do anyway, it was it was, it was was a vital win. And uh, it, was, it was a bit scrappy at times. And it was uh, there was some hurry moments, wasn't there? Particularly with West Ham having them, having them, them, them chances. And I think it was one of them where we could have put the game to bed in the second half, really, if we'd be a bit more decisive and perhaps passed it instead of instead of shooting. But it was just about, as I said, it was just about getting those three points, wasn't it? And, and that's what we've got to do now. It's uh it's it's gonna be so difficult, but we've just gotta just keep keep winning, keep keep things rolling. And um, there's gonna be moments at the end of the season where it's gonna be tight games and we're gonna to have to show real mental bottle, which we did. We did really, didn't we? You know, clearing, clearing things off the line. Um, Ali making some some key saves, things like that as well. So and, and Trent Trent's performance was excellent as well, wasn't it? It's always, it's always a good moment when Morris comes to Anfield, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> his, his record is diabolical. <laughs> it is a bad record. They haven't sure, for a long time, have they? It's all, West Ham's yeah. got a bad record. I don't think so. I think he's got a similar record against Chelsea and United as well. Uh, but yeah, Matt, I agree. It was a really tight game, wasn't it? And those are the types of games, James, where if you're going to win the Premier League, you need to churn out those those one 0 victories. And West Ham had two or three, you know, really good chances. We were at the game. Uh, Fran and I were at the game. The, the, the crowd were getting a bit anxious, as you would expect, with that slender one 0 lead. And there's a yeah. couple of Real close moments, and the the one that you mentioned, man, Matt Trent, clearing off the line, just really close, just to get over the line and get three points is such a relief. It was a great, great defending. It wasn't in the end from Trent though to get back and sprint some sprint and just clear it off the line. It's so annoying at the game because you just can't tell whether it's offside <laughs> or it's a VAR check. So you just you're scrambling around. He, he was actually on though, wasn't he? I mean, looking look yeah. at the, so, I mean, yeah. The place, so it was vital, wasn't it? And then Ali made a good save, didn't he? So, yeah. Well, I mean, Fran, it's one of those games, isn't it, where it turns on the moment. Uh, Liverpool have a great chance with what, just almost 60 seconds on the board. Trent floats this unbelievable quick-thinking ball over to Salah. And you, you're back in Salah, aren't you, really? He gets onto his left foot to, to knock it in the back of the net. Yeah, Andy and I were like, how have we not scored? I was saying to Andy, you know, obviously, like you said, it was only 60 seconds into the game. 
But it, was, it reminded me a bit, a little bit like uh, the, the semi-final against Barca with, with his free kick. It was, it was ingenious the way that he just whipped the ball in. Can you imagine what a start that would have been for Liverpool to get an early goal like that? And you kind of fancied Salah to just, to just slot it home, really. So it was um, great ball from Trent, but quite disappointed. He didn't put I mean, that away, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, Paddy, I suppose. Um... You know, lots of little micro points uh, to come out of the game, as there always is. It, it wasn't Mo Salah's best performance. It was a rare off day, wasn't it, really, for him? And uh, that's probably part of the reason why we didn't win more comfortably, because you rely on Mo most of the time uh, to, to, to score a goal. Yeah, I feel like he once he missed that chance, he never really um, got back into the game. He, he was He was... He was doing a lot of good things, but it just it just it just seemed to be one of those days for him where it didn't quite come off. Um, and I think in the end there was a couple of wasted opportunities in good areas where we had just had some pot shots really, and we probably should have passed because um, we had some good openings. And I think Klopp made the decision that Salah's played a lot of minutes in the last month or so. Was it five games, five extra time matches in? a month or something like that. So maybe, you know, just some fresh legs will, will do him some good. Not that he, he probably could have carried on anyway. You know what he's like? He's an absolute machine. Um, but yeah, just didn't quite click. quick. Uh, I didn't quite click for Mo and then um, <laughs> struggled. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, it's just not his day. He got, he got hooked. But um, I mean, you've got Jota on the bench. You know, why not throw him on? Yeah, I mean, I think it, it so rarely happens with Mo that he has one of those frustrating games. I mean, I, I didn't think he played, you know, badly, but um, he wasn't at his usual best. He was getting increasingly frustrated. And, you know, sometimes that, that happens. The, the schedule is another factor, Matt, isn't it? Because he played so many highly intense games in quick succession that you're going to get a drop-off sometimes. It looked to me on the weekend that we were just lacking a bit of ideas in the final third. We didn't quite have as much cutting edge. We weren't quite as clinical as we might ordinarily be. But um, you only need to score one if you keep a clean sheet. Yeah, I mean, the front three had like 16 shots between them, which is pretty staggering, really. And uh, if you look at the stats, they had uh, 50% of our shots were outside the box or our efforts on goal were outside the box, which is a little bit more kind of unusual for us, really. We tend to have them more more inside the box or done. And so maybe we were just shooting a little bit more on Saturday, and there was a there was a decent piece piece on match of the day, which was kind of saying that there was a couple of situations that second half where we could have just let the ball go through for a through ball, but instead Salah and Diaz were were having some shots. To be to be fair, Diaz nearly scored in the second half with a few shots anyway. So you know you can never criticise for for for, for pop, popping it. But I think those three, I think Mane taking up his new role in that centre and Diaz coming in and looking like a real player, they'll they'll just get used to each other a little bit more as well and, and the dynamic will improve in, in the more games that they that they play and perhaps then they'll be more clinical um, in, in that final third, won't they? And they'll, and they'll get the right pass. Because most of the time, especially this season, they, they have had the right pass. It's just it's just they seem to fancy a few more pops. Well, it's a good thing, though, isn't it? Because how many times have you got teams who a bit more defensive and you're trying those int intricate passes and doesn't it's work. True, you, yeah. need, yeah. 
the opposition needs to fear that you're gonna, you know, you've got that capability and capacity to shoot outside the box, yeah. but you can also play the intricate passes. So it's got to be that mix up. It's a balance, isn't it? Really unpredictable, but mix up. But this is what I'm trying to say is that when them three play more games together, um, then they'll be able to get that balance right, won't they? It's just so unusual how Diaz, we've said this on a number of pods now, but he just seems like he's fitted in so neatly into that front three. He's, he's just gone, he's just gone he's, into that. Into he that he's been, yeah, he's been playing for like two seasons, hasn't he? Andy, he, like, fit, he fitted in as neatly as that inflatable kitten that was in the crowd <laughs> when Kurt Zimmer <laughs> was on the ball. Did, did anyone yeah. catch that on TV? Yeah. It just popped up, didn't it? Maybe <laughs> once though, and it went back down. Every time Zoom got the ball, there's there's bearing that just you know reverberated around the stadium. And that cat came up once, and it got a few chairs where we were sat from, didn't it? But then it just didn't come out again. Um, but James, I'm just struggling. I don't know if we can cope for the rest of the season now. If the games are going to be as intense and as nerve wracking as that, it's because, Premier League, don't it? I know, but City, got City, with City winning though, it just feels like. Just the, the nerves is going to be, you know, shredded by the end of the season. I don't know if they can cope, and especially if we're competing on all different fronts now. Just that West Ham game was just, for me personally, it just felt a bit nervy and high yeah. pressured. Maybe as an outsider, it wasn't too bad. I think the thing to say though, Fran, is that Liverpool weren't quite at the imperious best. Um, although, as I've already said, we managed to keep a clean sheet which I want to touch upon. But you have to give West Ham a lot of credit because they're sixth in the Premier League. They actually played like a top side, like a European quality side. Antonio was outstanding. They've got a lot of very technical players, you know, players like Bowen, who we hope is not badly injured. He hobbled off. Uh, Vlasic, Lanzini, Suchek, Fornals. These are all technical players and they were popping the ball around in between the lines quite well. And I thought they, they retained possession well. So you do have to recognise that the opposition had a good day but just didn't come away with anything. Yeah, they're always going to be a tough side to play against West Ham. They, they, they beat us, they're only the, the second team to beat us this season in the Premiership, um, you know, away at, at West Ham. So they're, they're obviously a really good side and Moyes has got them organised and disciplined enough to to play well. And Andy and I were talking during the game and it felt like West Ham weren't concerned about being 1-0 down because they kind of still they were still going to have opportunities in the game and because Liverpool never went on and got the second goal then there was opportunities for him to get you know to try and sneak a goal and it just felt like they were just trying to stay in the mix keep organized and disciplined and just hope that you know a chance fell the way and luckily for us obviously it didn't it never materialised, and and we, you know, a couple of good saves, as Matt rightly said, by Allison and last ditch defending from Trent, you know, kind of got us, got us the, uh, got us the result. Yeah, and I, I think Pad, um, it, it, you can always look at it and say West Ham deserved to score, but on the other hand, you could also say, perhaps with reference to the XG, that Liverpool deserved to score a second and. You, you always think that if West Ham equalise and Liverpool are going to go up a gear and going to push for the, you know, the winning second. So you always have to bear in mind those sorts of factors. Yeah, I think both sides had, had some good chances. Um, Liverpool have had more chances. There's some, some sounds of goals. It's just timing, isn't it? 
So I think if West Ham would have, you know, they, they're kind of at the best spell in the second half. Liverpool didn't really create that much in the second half, to be honest. And West Ham were probably the, the better side in that half. And I, I just wonder what would have happened if, if they'd scored, to be honest. Um, well, you think it could have gone the other way? They could have built on well, that and... Well, well, maybe, but I, I still, I just didn't think Liverpool had a, a lot left in the tank, and probably needed to manage the game a little bit better. But got got through it. Um, I still would like um, a bit more control at times. I think you miss that when Thiago's not in the side. He brought Milner on, which helped, and I think Curtis as well when he came on. I mean, he ran into the corner right at the end, didn't he? So even just a little bit of just street smarts like that. What was more um, than Naby did, buddy? I thought Naby had a good game, actually. Um, he loves playing that. He was that... involved in a goal as well, wasn't he? Go on, sorry. Yeah, I mean, that pass for the goal, it just wasn't on that pass. It was a very um, ambitious little chip over and, it, and it, it made the space, it made the half yard. So just that made a difference. So I thought Naby had a good game. Klopp tends to like, like playing Naby against West Ham. Um, I wonder whether it's just having that bit of been a spark in midfield just to whether to do that final pass or to take someone on um, and yeah well, it showed to be a good decision because he I think you know other, you know, other than Trent and Canate I'd probably say in my opinion Kaita was the probably the third best player on the pitch I won't well, go I think, that far Paddy <laughs> well I think I, I know it's you have to judge it on the eye test as well Fran and, and the problem is Naby does have some baggage because he flatters to deceive sometimes but 95% pass completion from Naby, which rather suggests that maybe he's trying to assume more responsibility, trying to play more functionally, trying to uh, be involved in, in control rather than sort of risky offensive play. Two key passes as well for him. Um, I don't know. I think it's promising for Keiter. As we said, he's getting minutes and he's started to get more minutes almost inversely as Ox has, has, has sort of run out of well, minutes and isn't seeing much much game time. Yeah, we know um, we know Naby can 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 do a job when you've got two out of the three midfielders playing. So when Henderson and Fab are playing, I, I don't think it's a problem with having Naby there because he's uh, he's the top tackler in the midfield or does does the most tackles uh, relatively more than Fab does it uh, relatively oh, yeah for the, for the amount of minutes and um, yeah. and he's got a bit of guile as well and he can do some. He can create something, Carney. So I think having Naby in that, I don't think it's a problem. I don't think it's a problem in a home game as well. I think Naby's fine, fine at home uh, as that third, third midfielder. It's just in other, other times, perhaps like away in the Champions League or when you've you've not got two out of the three midfielders playing that it, that it's that it's problematic. I think that's a fair point, isn't yeah. it? Because in all fairness, he did play quite well. West Ham, but I think the problem is for me, and it's not have a big rant about Naby, is that he goes missing too much. He's had so much time, and he he he, he fl- flickers into the game, and then he's out, and he's a bit he's too much of a passenger for me at times, and I just I find it very frustrating watching him at times because he's so slow on the ball. Well, but that's that's just me personally. We're all not going to agree, are we, all the time? No, I think you've got to divorce how he how he is, you know, his Liverpool career as a whole and how he played on the weekend, game by game, because I think that was a was a positive for him. Talking about positives, though, Pad, to come back to you. I mean, there's only one man of the match, really. You've got a player there, an absolute superstar, 
uh, who is doing it at both ends of the pitch and, and really was the difference on the day. Yeah, clean sheet and an assist and the clearance off line. Um, he's just been immense this year. 16 assists, 11 in the Prem and he's just break, breaking records and um, yeah, just you just look at those two full-backs, just I mean, to get all applauded, don't they, in the press. Um, rightly so, the two best full-backs in, in world football and um, amazing how you can be such a playmaker from from right back and some of the positions he starts to take take up now he's he's like an attacking midfield he's he's like a number eight at times isn't he that where he where he took that shot or cross I don't know which camp you're in whether he he meant that to to Sadio or not um, it's just a just a dangerous position to be in you know he's not he's not hugging the touchline waiting to cross it in he's very much um, looking to just to, to shoot and create something looking to get into the box um just offers you something 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 special really um and um he's just going from strength to strength like he keeps getting better um and his defensive work I still think um as a as a bat line we are getting caught a little bit with the high line I mean it, it is it is amazing how many times we catch people offside and, and it, it does work most of the time, but we still concede some really good chances, um, usually two or three a game. And there was one chance, I think, where the space between him and Canate, I think it was the one he cleared off the line. The one, the space between him and Canate was, I think, 28 yards. And so, you know, just, just basic kind of, obviously the clock system is different, but basic defending, you kind of don't really want to be anywhere. 10 yards from your centre halves, um, especially when they've got the ball. I think Klopp was saying we should have pressured the ball better, but still there was such a gap between Canate and, and Trent. So maybe that's just something they can something work on, or something maybe maybe it is deliberate, it might question Klopp kind of thing. But um if you look at just just generally the uh, it is another clean sheet, so you have to give you have to give credit as well. No, sorry, I'm contradicting my point there, but um, I think in general, very good defence. But I do think it as as a as a unit, it it can be it can be a it, it wasn't it wasn't quite perfect. I think what I'm saying. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. It we weren't quite we weren't quite firing up front, and we weren't quite firing at the back in the sense we 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 gave up too many big chances. I think, but. Um, you, you have to recognise that we got a little bit of luck on the day. Um, but players like Canate, Matt, slid in quite nicely. Um, he's a, a very reliable option to Joel Matip. And he's, you know, it's a bit of a side point, put Joe Gomez somewhat in the wilderness. I mean, he's, he's you know, had a couple of, you know, games recently, but it isn't looking like he's anywhere near the, the starting 11 when it counts. And, uh, Ultimately, you've got to be you've got to be happy with that. As I said, clean sheet, uh, another three points, and um, you know you, you're starting to to see this interesting thing that we touched upon before about you know the introduction of Diaz and how well he's settled in, and, and there may be some element of, of sort of calibration with him as well. Just you know, he's getting closer towards getting a getting a, a few more goals. Uh, it seems as each game goes by, but it's brought Mane into the centre, and you know Mane is 
looking a very, very effective option, much more effective for me uh, in terms of output, at least in uh, playing a, a, you know, a sort of number nine, number 10 role. Yeah, Marnie, he took a, he took a game or two to get used to that central role, but I, I thought he's done, he's done really, really well. He's, he's banding the goals, hasn't he? He's got four and three now, James. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so that's obviously really, really good. It just, it's so nice because it just provides another option for us, doesn't it? Because a few weeks ago, we were thinking, oh, Jota's got that place now. But <laughs> since Diaz is coming, well, Diaz has, has took kind of Marnie's, Marnie's place on the left and now Marnie's gone centre. And now he's he's looking like he's, he's better than, than, well, he looks like he's... Um, First choice ahead of Jota in that central role, but it's but it's only good though, isn't it? That you've got that you you've got that competition now between them, and and you can kind of mix it around as well. And and it's obvious that that Diaz could play on on the right side, and and, and maybe he could play in the centre as well. So it's it's just good that we've got uh, we've got loads of options up front, isn't it? Matt, do you reckon, Matt, do you think Mane is? Is more informed, and that's why he's scoring more goals. Or do you think it's being more central, having more opportunities to to pick up more goals? I think winning that. I think winning the African um, Cup of Nations has got to give you so much confidence, doesn't it? And winning the the Carabao Cup as well. He's already won two pieces of silverware, so he's already a world class player. So that's just going to give you so so much confidence and such a such a boost. Uh, so I think it's probably a, it's probably a bit of that really, and and obviously a bit of that is that he hit form because didn't he get the um, did he get the best player? Did he get play the tournament in the African Cup of Nations as well? So that's going to give him even more confidence as well. So I think he did. So well, he I think it's only now. good. He knows now. I think all the front players know that if they, if they have a dip in form, they'll be out of the team. Competition. Yes, Jota, Jota knows that when he gets his chance now, as he's done since he's been at the club. He has to perform. Mane, for example, knows that he has to come in and perform. And that's exactly what you expect our players to do when they're under pressure, when they've got competition, they excel. And Mane's doing just that. So, so it's, it's, it's a combination of obviously Mane just being world class, winning the trophies and, and the competition that Diaz has brought. Yeah, isn't it? And it's uh, exciting. It's so it must be, it's, if you think, if you step back now, it's so exciting for the Liverpool fan because this is, I mean, we talked about our attack being like Firmino, Salomani, which is amazing. We've got two other players now that are on par with them, you know, or kind of in the same class as them. It looks like I know Diaz will give him give him more time, but the early but the early signs are are good. Don't forget so, as well, so, Elliot. so exciting. Don't forget Elliot, yeah, and obviously Elliot as well, who's, who's going to play a bit. Um, we'll play a bit more of a midfield role, but he could definitely play on that side. How do you forget Divock as well? Uh, so Divock, yeah. The confidence is just running throughout the team now. It's just oozing throughout the yeah. team. As you rightly said before, about 12 games on the run, winning games. You know, we put that into stark contrast to what we were like 12 months ago when we had that spell where we just, just went on that really poor run at home and we were just lacking confidence. Everyone in the team at the moment, whether it's coming back from the African Cup of Nations and obviously Mane winning it, or the fact that we won the, the cup a few weeks back ago, um, or the fact that you know we've just been on a run in the Premier League at the moment. It just seems like the confidence at the moment is just oozing. Yeah, and, it, and it's funny, isn't it? I mean, I don't know if it's just um, 
I don't know, psychosomatic, but it seems like um, players, when they're injured, when the team's flying, seem to come back to the to full fitness a lot quicker. I mean, I just noticed today that uh, Thiago, Firmino and Matip are all fit. I know Matip wasn't really injured as such. He was unwell, but that bolsters the squad again, doesn't it, to get, to get them back? Um, you know, we've got the top three scorers in the league now. Mane's come up to 12 goals in the Premier League now, which is level with Jota. Uh, and, and, you know, and Firmino's going to come in as well to provide that competition. I mean, we've got a, um, you know, a pretty, pretty hectic run of fixtures up ahead. We've got the second leg of the Champions League second round against Inter Milan on Tuesday, tomorrow night. Who's going to that game? Me and Franny. You know, Klopp's already said that, you know, 2 nils a dangerous result, so, or, da- or dangerous lead, sorry. So we've got to be on our toes and, and, and play for the victory. When we've got Brighton on Saturday, 12.30 kickoff uh, away. Um, so, you know, the games are coming thick and fast, but I think players are getting back to fitness quicker now because they know that if they don't get themselves fit and back playing again, you know, they might be, facing an extended period on the sidelines. So everything's going so well for us at the moment. And um, like I said, I think we just need to focus on our own game. Don't worry too much about City. Um, You know, I'm conscious that, you know, you could have invested a lot of time and energy into watching their game against United, only to be demoralised when they took them apart. So I think, you know, they're going to drop points. I think we've got to almost be perfect now to the end of the season. That's got to be the, that's got to be the aim. Um, I'm trying to keep yeah, it was a classic. Face. Sorry, I'm just going to have to interrupt you there because we were watching the game yesterday, and obviously, I think who was in the room now? I don't know if it was Andy, Matt, and and Dad watching it. And obviously, you were kind of. We're trying not to follow City too much, but you do have a little sneaky look, and we're watching the game with it being a derby game as well, and. Once City just, well, they took them apart in that second half. We're not to talk about them, but um, when it got to like 4 1, it, it was quality because uh, Dad was just like, right, just let them burn now. <laughs> he just basically wanted United just to uh, just annihilate it and just more goals from City because yeah, it, was, uh, it was like collateral clat- damage. He was just thinking, well, City have already won the game now. We might as well run. Run United to the ground. <laughs> I mean, I, I just think it's bad karma to want Man United to win a football game. So um, I, I think we just, I mean, I think at this stage, what Liverpool have got to do with so many games left to play is just keep winning. Um, you know, Liverpool have got what, another 11 Premier League games. City have got um, 10 to play. It's in our own hands in the sense that if we win all our games, um, for the rest, rest, you know, if we win the final eleven, which will be a run of eighteen consecutive victories, we'll probably win the league, won't we? Because the effect of that will be that our goal difference will will probably just stay above City. We're one clear of them now. Goal was uh, positive fifty one. They're positive fifty. So I think we just got to literally try and. I think we'll have to do that, guys. I think we'll have to um, win possibly all of those remaining 11 games, which would be absolutely ridiculous. I mean, I, I, 
can't think of the last time that anyone's ever done that. Um, City have won 14, 15, 16, maybe, haven't they, in previous years? What's the um, record? I think it's 17 consecutive wins. So what we're on now, we're on eight, so we're in the league. We're on seven the in the league. league. Seven in the league. So it, would so. Take, so it would take 18, almost a perfect half of the season to do it. Yeah, and, you know, it's... Well, we'd have to see the FCI as well, so it's a massive ask, isn't it? Yeah, we've got to go there and beat them. That's absolutely clear. So that's a, a titanic tussle. Um, but um, I, I, I mean, I, I think, you know, all being well with the players we've got at our disposal at the moment and the squad, Touchwood being so healthy, then we're not going to be too far away in terms of those 11 games. You know what I mean? You'd be you'd be very disappointed if we didn't win maybe nine of those. But I've been accused of uh, rampant optimism in the past, so perhaps I'll uh, keep my powder dry a bit. They are um, tricky fixtures, James, as well. Yeah, they are. They are. We've when got, you look we've at, got when you look at Titties running in comparison to ours, I said that City are going to win all of those, it looks like. I, I don't know. I, do you know what? I've got a sneaky feeling that City are going to City are going to blow it this year now. Because yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> That's music to my ears. I'm just wondering. I'm just wondering now whether the... Matt, tell me more. Tell me more. Go on. Yeah, I'm just wondering whether the um, the lack of an out-and-out striker might just cost a minute in a few games. And and I'm just... I don't know, because there's been a few things coming out like, oh, we, we need another striker. And, and I'm just looking at that, is that they don't really have an out-and-out striker. And, and, and sometimes when you've got not got someone with the best, kind of the best finishing, it, it may just... Uh, it may just... They may just drop a few, few, few points. And it's happened to Liverpool in the past... Because, um, because obviously we've been, we've been um, caught before, haven't we? Um, so I don't know. It's just, it's just a little sneaky kind of uh, prediction I've got, really. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I think as well. Sorry, I'm sorry, 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 James. I was going to say, I think a lot's going to be contingent up, contingent upon how we both do in the Champions League. You know, City go to the. Latter stages, as with Liverpool, there's always some hope that they may drop points. But just when I when I did the direct comparison, it just seemed Liverpool had a much a much trickier running. You've got to go you know, got to go to Everton, Arsenal, Arsenal, Spurs, I think as well. It just seemed a bit more tricky. But you know who just, 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 you can't doubt um, Liverpool the way they've performed this year. So, well, we've got to. I mean, probably our easiest games are United at home. <laughs> um, Everton at home. Yeah, we Everton away. No, I, I think City. I, I think City have got um, a little run now. I mean, they've they've got over in Furness two big games. We're very fortunate against Everton not to concede that penalty late on. Um, you know, they've beaten United in Furness to them. Um, so they've got Palace away. Um, I'll be them two 0 yeah, Palace, that's a potential banana skin. Then they've got um, Brighton at home, but that's um, been postponed because of the FA Cup. They've got Burnley away. Now, Burnley are getting tonked at the moment, but you never know. You know, you just have to hope for um, wild storms and driving rain like when we went there. They've got Wolves away after they play us, which is a potentially difficult game. 
And then they've got easy fixtures and Watford and Leeds. Uh, they've got to play Newcastle. But the last two maybe are a little bit trickier. They've got West Ham away and then um, Aston Villa at home. Mm. Maybe Imagine Phil that, Stevie. Stevie G comes on. Had her last minute. <laughs> when was the league? Listen, you know, um, it's this is what I'm saying. Let's just just literally forget about City. Let them, you know, if you hear the drop points, great. But don't follow them. Let's just focus on our own games. And um, this is just a, an unbelievable time for, to be a Liverpool fan, as I, as I seem to say every week to everyone who'll listen. And uh, we've got a brilliant manager. We've got the best team, best squad I've ever seen in my lifetime. And um, let's hope we just, you know, pick up some more trophies. Anyway, guys, uh, enjoy Inter Milan tomorrow night, those who are going. And um, we will reconvene again after the uh, the home game uh, next Monday. Or, uh, sorry, we'll reconvene next Monday after the home ge- away game against uh, Brighton on, on Saturday at 12.30, which is on uh, BT Sport. And, the home um, away, James, uh, it's away. Away to Brighton. <laughs> Sorry, in a, it's a binary choice, and I said home and away, didn't I? But um, that just we'll we'll mourn the death of he'sgoal.com and uh, hope that other uh, equally dubious sites will will spring forth. But uh, that one at least is on is on BT Sport. Thanks very much for um, joining me, guys. Uh, Liverpool have picked up another three points, thanks largely to um, Trent Alexander Arnold. And uh, we march on, seven victories on the spin, and uh, we're breathing down City's neck. Up the Reds. You've been listening to Brothers Red, an LFC fan podcast. Your host was James Cullen. Contributors were Matthew, Francis, Patrick, and Andrew Cullen. Music and production by Helen Lyon. The best word I can say when describe this was. Ha, 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 ha.